0: Gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terrorist regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor.
1: talk to under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com.
2: L-S-D-Fap Acid and fapping Fapping and acid Acid fapping Fapping and acid Fap, 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 Acid! Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping.
1: What is flat? plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to 2 by Scott Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic.
3: This is Tucson Metals. We'll mute the radio. Big up to number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every
0: time. My name is Breakfast who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as the hoi hoi on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to take a-
6: Labor and Love Radio, this is The B, your weekly host, here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, in the heart of the mission, and um, listening to Labor and Love Radio, a show where we tell you how it is. One person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. See what's going on. Side argument. Franco? Not coming to I have to deal with that. Later. This is the B, and you're listening to Labor and Unlo- Labor and Love Radio, where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. It's only a waste of time. Every week, we come to you with labor opinion, labor news, interviews with our campus correspondents, labor history, you name it. It's all about working people and their movements. Okay, well, let's play some uh, jazz here for a little bit while I get my uh, chops down my Can
4: there be a uh,
6: my engineering chops Billie Holiday
5: wake up slow down before you crash and break your heart cloud you pull your head in in the wrong direction can't you see the joy the farther you travel the harder to unravel the way he spins around you turn back while there's time can't you see the danger sign soft shoulders surround you smooth road clear night oh lucky me that suddenly i saw the light i'm turning back away from all this trouble smooth road smooth road no detour Ahead. The farther you travel, the harder to unravel The way he spins around you Turn back while there's time Can't you see the danger sign? Soft shoulders surround you Smooth road, clear night Oh, lucky me that suddenly I saw the light I'm turning back away from all this trouble Smooth road, smooth road, no detour I no detour. Ahead.
6: And that was um uh, Billy Holiday. No detour ahead. Prior to that one, we had Dolly Parton, nine to five, working nine to five. No matter what they call it, it's all about putting money in his wallet. (laughs) A little bit of uh, Marxism there. A little bit of Marxism there. in his wallet. Nine five. This is the B in your tune to labor and love radio um, show where we tell you how it is. As we said. Um, Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. And we're coming to you from the heart of the Mission District, where I will soon be a resident. We're at 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida. And um, it's mutiny radio. It's a, a for real community arts. We've got video. We've got comedy, we've got radio, we've got art installations, we've got a beautiful set of uh, motorcycle on the wall at this time, every month or so we change. And we've got comedy, Friday nights, outdoor comedy here at Mutiny Radio. Come on down and join. We'll be here with our uh, station manager, Pam Benjamin, running the show. Come down and find your voice at Mutiny Radio. All right, let's see. We've got our, uh, what have we got lined up for you today? Labor and Love Radio and the Labor Beat, got a feature about the huge, huge union election taking place in Bessemer, Alabama, as workers there in an Amazon, in an Amazon factory of all places, are looking to form a union. i have like to see how that works. Labor 411 will tell you uh, what brands to enjoy. March Madden. What's happening to Christy Noem? They we're talking about women, women's history. Christy Noem is a Republican governor of South Dakota who... Says and does all the right things to uh, please the Trump wing of the party. And uh, sort of backing away from committing to uh, a ban on transgender sports. About that, that whole issue is uh, being discussed. Worldwide Radio
7: News. Solidarity News
5: on Radio Labor.
7: This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, March 26, 2021. I'm Mark Boulanger. In a report this week, 350 unionists at the U.N. Status of Women Conference the dangers of privatizing water supply systems. The Labor Start report about union events and singing. We had girls
8: before, but we need some more. In the world, the world.
7: This is Radio Labor. More than 350 unionists have been attending the United Nations online conference on the status of women. It is the 65th meeting of the UN's Commission on the Status of Women, known by its acronym CSW. The unionists' approach to the issues raised at the conference has been coordinated by the global unions and the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trades Union Congress at the world level. I talked to Marika Koning about CSW 65. Ms. Koning is a policy advisor in the ITUC's Equality Department. I asked her to describe some of the major issues that the unionists attending the online conference have been most concerned about.
9: Our key concerns are actually concentrated on the following areas. The global picture for women's labor force participation remained already stalled for instance women's labor force participation is at 30 percent women are overrepresented in informal precarious and vulnerable employment there's a gender pay gap of 20 percent a gender gap in social protection and actually the covid-19 pandemic further exposed and deepened these inequalities for instance we've seen an increase in domestic violence and in gender-based violence in the world of work including across frontline workers and essential workers. We're seeing disproportionate job loss for women. And we, of course, saw that while the health and care sector workforce existing of 70% of women were actually uh, with a very little protection and low remuneration are very essential in keeping our societies going. So these all these issues, were concentrated in a number of asks around a new social contract, which means gender responsive to the COVID-19 pandemic and other forms of crisis. We want to see jobs, we want to see equal participation for women through investments in quality public care services and creation of millions of decent care jobs. We want to see labor rights for women, so a guarantee of a labor protection floor, fundamental rights, and minimum living wages, we want to see universal social protection, we want an end to exploitation and discrimination and inequality, and of course we want to see the wide ratification of ILO Convention 190 on violence and harassment in the world of work.
7: You can find more information about the conference on the status of women on the ITUC website at ituc-csi.org. March 22nd is World Water Day, a day set aside by the United Nations to remind people about the importance of safe, affordable water supply. Only about 3% of the Earth's water is fresh water. Less than 0.5% of that is accessible for consumption as drinking water, all of which means that the world will have to responsibly manage its water supply. One problem in doing this is the privatization of water supply systems. I talked to David Boys about this. Mr. Boys is the Deputy General Secretary of Public Services International. The PSI is the body which represents national public service unions at the world level. I asked Mr. Boys what is wrong with the privatization of water.
10: Well, a number of things are wrong. First of all, Let's be clear, when we're talking about privatizing water supply, what we're talking about is a contract for a private corporation to manage the infrastructure, so you're not actually privatizing the water itself. Typically what happens is the privateers come in after the infrastructure has been built, and then they figure out how to manage it in order to maximize their profits. Problems are, when you're trying to maximize your profits, you're cutting every input you can. And for water supply, which is basically drinking water and and household water, there's only three inputs. One is the cost of the energy to power the pumps that moves the water from where the reservoir is to where it's going to be used. Second input is the chemicals that are used to purify the water And then the third input is the labor, the workforce that actually does all this. And so it's fairly clear that the first two can't be cut. You've got to pump it. You've got no choice unless you have other options, but uh, typically you don't. You've got to treat it. Yes, there are some ways of using less chlorine, but typically uh, they're not very easy or inexpensive. So what do you do? Is you outsource your workforce? You drive down wages and working conditions. You make everybody a temporary worker, and there's your profits. And that's why the trade unions are really upset about this because it's directly violating our rights to decent employment. The other problem is once a company gets a hold of a water distribution system in a city, the problem is then it becomes a monopoly provider of something that you use every day, that you can't substitute, and which you can't replace. So the, those dynamics also, which concern more the community, the families, the households that use it, those dynamics can be quite negative. And what you mainly see is significant increase in the cost of water to households, And for those people who can't afford to pay, then they get cut off. And so you've actually got places where they they cut off households. So again, the range of problems between the marketplace for-profit model versus the right to water and the public service universal access model are pretty stark. I can say that in general, the privatization model, is failing, has failed, has been rejected.
7: So what can labor unions and their supporters do to help stop the privatization of water supply?
10: What message we're trying to get around the world is, look, have you examined, in whichever country you're in, what is your government saying at the executive board of the World Bank or of the International Monetary Fund? Have you asked your government to be clear on whether They support privatization. We need citizens of Germany. We need citizens of Canada, USA, all around the world to ask their government not only what they're doing at home, but what they're doing overseas.
7: Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder.
11: Each day Labor Starts volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the planned national demonstration against regressive labor law reform in India, the last days of the organizing campaign at a huge Amazon facility in the United States, and this week's strike by 40,000 Amazon workers in Italy. Amazon is not the only platform employer making the news these days. Around the world, unions have been galvanized by a recent UK court decision that clarified the employee status of so-called gig workers. A quick count shows that there are active campaigns to organize these precariously employed workers in over 20 countries. As we might have expected, the platforms are fighting back. In some countries, their reaction to union successes in the courts and in workplaces has been to threaten to close their operations. But for the most part, the corporations have reacted by going on the offensive. In the United States, for example, after spending huge amounts of money to win a referendum that rubber-stamped the substandard treatment accorded gig workers in California, the platforms have moved to ensure that the California law spreads across that country and together these corporations are pressuring governments around the world to create a special category of employee that protects not the workers but the corporation's profits. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news about New Zealand's groundbreaking new miscarriage leave law, the labor movement's response to Turkey's withdrawal from the European Convention on the Prevention of Violence Against Women, and several stories on the leading role being played by women workers in the fight against the dictatorship in Myanmar. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine heard stories about a safety strike by cleaners in the United States after 26 of their co-workers died of COVID-19, the horrendous conditions aboard a Qatari-owned ship impounded in Australia, and the fight by military medical workers in South Africa to get access to vaccines. Our photo of the week is of workers protesting at a garment factory in Thailand. Their employer has shut down without paying them their legal entitlements and has disappeared. This pattern is one that has been repeated endlessly around the world as employers use the confusion created by the pandemic to shut factories and offices and reopen them elsewhere under a different name while pocketing money owed to workers. Current campaigns that we are running at the request of unions around the world include an urgent appeal for online solidarity with trade unionists in Pakistan, Israel, Europe, Kazakhstan, Jordan, Ukraine, India, and Albania. Look for details of these campaigns on our website. This is Derek Blackadder from Labour Start, reporting for
7: Radio Labour. Now here is Union Nation with She's a Rebel Girl. i international labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
6: Okay, that was uh, Radio Labor. And as always, they they have a song at the end. They have a song at the end by a union group or a, a singer who allied with union groups. And they were singing that one about the rebel girl and the original Rebel Girl was was uh, an organizer for the IWW. And uh, the song was written by Joe Hill, famous Union troubadour. It uh, was written in honor of the Rebel Girl. Rebel Girls Aquan Makhlet, Labor Cards Number 25. Aquan was born in 1916. And um, her parents arrived in the Hawaiian Islands during the early plantation. Born on the island of Oahu in those days what uh, contractors would do would be to um, keep the different groups separate different ethnic. Aquan worked on pineapple plantations. Joined the Longshore Workers International Longshore Workers Union. I did to organize all the workers in the island. Now, the ILWU in Hawaii had a unique uh, strategy. Instead of just having a bunch of white guys be the leaders and tell everybody else what to do, the ILWU very deliberately wanted to make sure that all ethnic groups were represented in their campaign. People like Aquan McElrath became leaders of the ILWU. In 1946, for 79 days, and again in 1949, for 157 days, workers in Hawaii went on strike and won wage increases and collective bargaining rights from sugar and shipping companies. A big component of that organization, that specific organization, was the hotel workers. Hawaii is, of course, a tourist economy. So besides the sugar and and pineapple plantation workers, there there were there are hotel workers bringing you your drinks. The ILWU assured that all ethnicity, Japanese, Chinese, Filipino, and Native Hawaiian were included and represented in the ILWU. Double girl, double girl, Mei Chen. Mei Chen, born in 1948. The thing goes, when fire singes the skin of women workers, they rise up like tigers. Mei Chen was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. In New York and California, and began working in New York's Chinatown to improve the wages and working conditions of garment workers, most of whom worked in sweatshops. In 1982, Chen and other international ladies' garment workers' union leaders organized a massive demonstration of housing, so Asian women workers, and I read one more rebel girl. I read one more rebel girl in 1887. Born Tauba it's Abinova. Robbins immigrated to the U.S. in 1900, joined the Socialist Party, radicalized by her experience as the garment industry. 1912, the Industrial Workers of the World sent her to textile mills in Eagle Falls, New York. One year, she was briefly jailed in Detroit as a wobbly organizer of first auto industry strike. single mother by choice, she found employment as a social worker in Los Angeles, where she remained. She committed to personal autonomy, economic justice, and social equality. A rebel girl. journalist who was active in Texas, early part of the 20th century, and the tribulation that, uh, un- unfortunately, happens a lot as we <coughs> emphasize the treatment of African-Americans Sometimes people lose sight of uh, the treatment of Mexicans and Mexican American West and Southwest of the states. Not one or the other. Okay. The enemy is the same: white supremacy, white racism. Okay.
12: she saw no conflict between being a journalist and an educator and a feminist. She was always on the front lines of change.
8: 1914,
5: Laredo, Texas. 29-year-old journalist, Jovita Idar, worked for the Spanish-language newspaper, El Progreso, when it published an editorial criticizing U.S. military intervention in the Mexican Revolution.
2: And for that, the Texas governor ordered the Texas Rangers to destroy El Progreso. They were a police force meant
6: It looks like we lost, lost our internet. Um, the story is about Jovita Ivar. It's a part of a part of a uh, series. Art movement existing supremacy. And, uh, in this case, it will be that I want to take a look at a book called Labor Heroine. This is a book by a woman named Joyce an Ancient book as far as I'm concerned. Came through it getting ready to move. Came came to it. It's a, a book that I bought at a bookstore in Berkeley. i got a list of women organized. This one about Clara Lemlich. Clara Lemlich Clara Lemley called for a general strike. Triangle shirtwaist strike started when 90 women and 60 men joined the union and were locked out. lost heart, but the women continued picketing. After three weeks of arrests and abuse from company guards, they appealed to the women's trade union League play. The league was organized to prevent to promote trade unions among women. Its membership included some women who were wealthy and socially prominent. Joined the Triangle Picket Line made the mistake of arresting Mary Dreyer. Didn't you tell me you was a rich lady? The story made headlines. And the press carried all the details about the discharge of women of union work, arrest, and insulting treatment of strikers. Other workers in the industry were aroused and demanded an extension of the strike, all shirtwaist stopped. Shirtwaist Shops. November 22nd, 19, 1909, a mass meeting was held at Cooper Union. After long hours of speeches, a young woman described as a wisp of a girl, still in her teens, stood up and grumbling, the chairman decided she had a right. I
13: am a working
6: girl, I One of those on strike against intolerable condition. Tired of listening to speakers who talk in general terms. They're here for decide whether we shall or shall not strike. I offer a resolution that a general strike be declared now. Chairman. Old Jewish oath. Turn traitor to the cause I now pledge. to hand wither from the arm. I now. Day women poured out of every waste-making factory in New York and Brooklyn, filling the narrow East Side streets, crowding the headquarters at Clinton's, over. From Said it was like a mighty army rising in the night. Thirty thousand unorganized workers answered the call. The strike began. Every shop in New York was open. It ended after 13 weeks. 312 shops were. Most remarkable aspect of the strike was the unyielding and uncompromising. Assaulted by strike breaking. beaten by the police. Six hundred women were arrested. And they got out of the workhorse. Badly fed and thinly clothed. and he refused the meager strike benefit. same temper displayed in the Shirtway strike found in other strikes of women. Hell, we now have a trade union truism. Women. The uprising spread to New York, from New York to Philadelphia and then to Chicago. As many as 100,000 garment workers strike at women. Most of the strikers were women half of them women under 20 years of age. The of other women through the Women's Trade Union League an important factor in all these. The members were arrested along with the strikers, hired lawyers and put up bail, staffed the strike headquarters, raised funds, collected food, published, publicized striking. Sarah Limlick and of thousands of unorganized young women out of the selection, historic battle, great drama. This was the first victory in women worker's movement. When better conditions 13. fifth, nineteen eleven. Hundred and tenth anniversary. This is Labor and Love Radio and we're coming to you from Mutiny Radio. Take a listen to some jazz now.
4: Thank you.
10: He likes us.
14: something for itself. I consider the fight for the black masses to be the greatest service that I can render to my people, and the fight alone is my complete compensation. My name is A. Philip Randolph. The A stands for Acer. I was born April 15, 1889, in Crescent City, Florida. I am the youngest of two sons, and both my mother and father were the descendants of slaves. I began my political career in the socialist politics of the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. I have long fought for equal opportunity for black workers and for economic progress for all workers through trade unions, regardless of race, color, nationality, sex, or political or religious beliefs. Not everyone agreed with the vision of racial progress through militant struggles. For economic independence. In the tough stages of organizing the first march on Washington to integrate the country's defense industries in 1941, for instance. which is company organized, company owned, and company controlled. This was considered the first major effort to unionize the Pullman Company. In the eyes of some people, the effort to organize the Pullman orders appeared to be too Herculean. Yet, visionary. Downing Thomas' rushed forward to advise that it was impracticable, suicidal, folly. Impossible. But our answer? We have organized. Yes, we have organized over 7,000 strong men in the Pullman service running on the road, built, supported, and maintained the organization, and made it possible for the Brotherhood to present the porters' case, despite the unlawful intimidation practiced by the company upon the porters to compel them, the porters, to act against their own interests. The porters are standing strong, and in meetings from coast to coast, have resolutely signified their desire to push forward with their fight to secure labor rights, better working conditions, and manhood rights. Mm-hmm. Our goal is victory. We will win victory. The Pullman Company may delay us, but they cannot defeat us. Ours will be a victory for solidarity, a victory for truth, a victory for justice, a victory for courage, a victory for manhood, a victory for righteousness, a victory for the race. If white men have to organize to get more wages, then surely race men will have to organize to get more wages and better working conditions. Out of the miserable depths of indescribable economic wage pauperism, the brotherhood of Pullman porters, the brotherhood of sleeping car porters is steadily raising the Pullman porters and maids to a high plane of challenging and commanding power. The Brotherhood came with a definite industrial plan to provide supper and solace to the distracted, disheartened, disorganized, and despairing poor. We struggled with the company for 12 long years. The Polish Company was the most powerful business organization in the country and it viciously resisted every effort to unionize. We had many setbacks, but the Brotherhood prevailed. The Brotherhood's courageous battles won the admiration of many labor and liberal leaders. President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal guaranteed workers the right to organize and required corporations to negotiate with unions. In 1935, the Pullman Company was forced to sit down with the Brotherhood we moved to secure formal affiliation with the AFL and was finally granted an international charter. In 1937, the Brotherhood, which remained in the AFL, finally was given a contract from the Pullman Company, the first contract between a company and a black union. 1937 was the end of one struggle and the beginning of many others. From organizing for jobs on the home front during World War II, to the fight for desegregation of the armed forces, the defense industries, and government jobs, to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963, where I stood, along with some of the other organizers of the March on Washington, Byron Rustin, Roy Wilkins, James Farmer, Whitney Young, John Lewis, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and declared, "Fellow Americans, we are gathered here today in a large demonstration of the history of this nation. Let the nation and the world know the meaning of our numbers. We are not a pressure group. We are not an organization or a group of organizations. We are not a mob. We are the advance guard of a massive moral." revolution for jobs and freedom. I thank you.
6: And uh, that was um, A. Philip Randolph um, giving sort of a history of the organization of the first uh, all-black union under the AFL-CIO, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. We're still trying to get, uh, Hobita Ivar back, but, um, not having much luck. Okay. Hobita mm. Okay, labor history in two, as we said, ma- March 25th is the anniversary of the tragic pineapple, <coughs> pineapple <coughs> triangle shirtwaist disaster, but look back and you'll always find labor history. People have always been on Trying to make their lives and their work better. This is probably uh, a coal mine.
13: This day in labor history, the year was 1947. That was the day Centralia coal mine number five exploded, killing 111 miners in Centralia, Illinois. The explosion occurred just as the day shift was ending. Those not killed instantly were trapped and died from their burns or the afterdam. Words scrawled on the wall of the mine read, look in our pockets. We all have notes. Please give them to our wives. State inspectors had been forewarning mine owners about the dangers of accumulated combustible coal dust for years before the explosion, but were ignored. Illinois Mine Inspector Driscoll Scanlon had been filing reports since 1942 about deteriorating conditions. The demand for coal during wartime had increased production at the expense of safety. In the aftermath of the explosion, John L. Lewis, president of the United Mine Workers of America, called a work stoppage in memory of the dead miners. He also held Secretary of the Interior Julius Krug guilty of criminal negligence. Lewis accused Krug of having failed to enforce existing mine regulation. In response, Krug ordered that 518 mines remain closed inspection, the House and Senate proceeded to organize hearings on mine safety. They demanded that the Bureau of Mines continue to pass inspection findings on to the proper state agencies. Given the power mine owners had at the state level, these instructions ensured no improvements in mine safety would occur. It would be another 22 years before any real change occurred at the federal level. It happened an hour ago. Way down
5: in this tunnel of coal, the gas caught fire from somebody's lamp, and the miners are choking in smoke.
13: Labor History in Two, brought to you by to the, the Illinois Labor Honey. History Society and the Goodbye Rick Smith Show. This is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1946. That was the day Pennsylvania State Police attacked striking UE members at the gate of Westinghouse in East Pittsburgh. 200,000 UE members went on an industry-wide strike on January 15th for a $2 a day raise. They were on strike against the big three, GE, Westinghouse, and the electric division at GM. It was part of the post-war strike wave that brought millions out onto the picket lines nationwide. By the middle of March, the UE had settled with GM and GE, but 75,000 Westinghouse workers were still out on strike. Westinghouse initially refused to negotiate at all. When they made a first offer, they falsely claimed theirs matched the GE and GM agreements. Federal mediators withdrew from the case in frustration, stating the company had made negotiations impossible. Then, on this day, Allegheny County Sheriff Walter Monahan and Governor Edward Martin called in 800 state troopers. Some were on horseback, others on foot detail. Many troopers arrived in cars with machine guns and tear gas. They patrolled the picket lines and nearby streets and set up roadblocks leading to the Westinghouse gates. They began to forcibly disperse the crowd of a thousand picketers. Then they ushered through several hundred non-production workers. Some were pelted with eggs, others were struck in the face by some of the women strikers. Three UE leaders were arrested for refusing to shut down the sound system they used to blast staffers for crossing the picket lines. The state police stayed for the duration of the strike. The state police stayed for the duration of the strike to enforce injunctions against mass picketing and to ensure the crossing of picket lines. The strike finally ended after 115 days with the strikers winning an an 18-cent-an-hour raise. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On ah, this day in labor history, the year was 1941. That was the day Indiana State Police began cracking heads of picketers in front of the Richmond International Harvester plant. The Farm Equipment Workers Organizing Committee or FEWOC called a strike at six Midwestern plants earlier in the year. 14,000 workers walked out demanding an elimination of piecework, wage increases, re-employment guarantees for draftees and union recognition. Lucy Parsons addressed strikers in Chicago. She reminded them of her husband's frame-up and murder in 1886. She added that the McCormicks and International Harvester had continued their unending war against labor for over 50 years. In Richmond, workers voted five to one for a strike. Harvester officials planned to reopen the plant with members of the independent union walk battled these so-called unions at all the plants. They were the rehashed old company unions the National Labor Relations Board had ordered disbanded. Reports varied widely as to the number of workers ready to betray the strike at the Richmond plant. When they marched toward the gate that morning, strikers closed ranks and sang solidarity forever. The battle began as strikers armed with bricks and bats Fought police to prevent the scabbing. More than 80 strikers were arrested on charges ranging from assault and battery to attempted murder. The state police and Richmond officers then raided strike headquarters and downtown CIO offices. Records and correspondence were seized and furniture demolished. FEWOC leader Cliff Kerr avowed they are not going to get away with this brutal, undemocratic attack on the workers. The union intends to fight. The combined effort of the city, the police, and the Harvester Company are not going to break this strike. Labor History in 2, brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show.
6: Okay, we want to shift gears now. Talk about... uh... Workers in Bessemer, Alabama, (coughs) the heart of the South, which has been historically, at least recently historically, a bad place, not a good place, to the extent that governors and senators. C, I I believe, said that if a plant went union, that uh, the state would take away all the tax advantages given Volkswagen, come to Tennessee. Let's read this short article. It's on labor notes. Bessemer, Alabama, on a chilly March day. Early morning rush at a gas station recalls the bustling scenes of workers anywhere. As Amazon employees shuffle into a convenience store. Coffee and cigarettes. Look closer. Yellow hanger on a Jeep's rearview mirror is embossed. Vote no. Man's lanyard jingles. Keys and a blue vote no card. (coughs) Amazon workers from the warehouse EHMI wearing lanyards and red sweaters emblazoned with the company's logo, mixed with warehouse managers, light orange shirts and with cleaning crew in blue vests hired by a third party. The lanyards, the sweaters, the hangers on the cars reveal which side each worker is taking in the union election. 5,800 workers are voting on whether or not to join the retail, wholesale, department store union. (coughs) striking against Amazon. Behemoth. The elephant in the room. now is the richest man in the world, a multi-billionaire claims earlier that earlier in this year that he would become the first trillionaire in the world. The uh, vote will run through March 29th <coughs> which is uh, Monday results will be available in mid-april works away from weeks away from the deadline workers appear divided There's a clear faction of former union members are workers workers with union family ties who firmly favor unionization younger workers I met seem indifferent they have prospects elsewhere Army. Their high paying jobs. They see the warehouse work is very much on Amazon terms. It's temporary, no security. <coughs> One guy says, I haven't weighed all my options. It's like a family feud. Been talking with workers who are voting yes because their family members belong to a union. He says, He'll decide what's best for me for the weekend. So, he's probably uh, already decided 75% of the workers are black. The union is throwing all its resources into getting out the vote. Allies such as Black Lives Matter, Birmingham, Our Revolution, the local Democratic Socialists, the America Chapter, the Alabama Working Families Party, Etc., et greater Birmingham ministries, leading community canvassing and planning pro union yard signs in front of support supporters' home. BLM Birmingham led a caravan on March 13th to show solidarity with the workers. Amazon warehouse is 85 percent. Pardon me. Amazon has been touting a $15 an hour starting wage and its health benefits in its campaign against the union. At the kickoff rally for the caravan, Jennifer Bates, an Amazon worker and former union member, said, You just offered us a wheelbarrow and called it a car. Everything looks good on paper. Once you go inside, Reality. Bessemer, is 20 minutes outside of Birmingham, 27,000 people live there. The national uh, attention it's getting, international attention, reflects the high stakes. If the workers win, it will be the first time anyone unionized Amazon factory. most recent attempt in 2014 was a much smaller bargaining union uh, unit of Amazon technicians in Middleton, Delaware. So the vote was 21, no, 6, yes. Like it always does, un- Amazon is trying to clobber the union campaign. Companies deploying the kinds of tactics described in Martin J. Levitt's book, Professions of a union buster, campaign against a union is an assault on individuals and a war on truth. The only way to bust the union is to lie, distort, manipulate, threaten, always attack. Amazon has told workers that if they sign union cards, they would automatically have to pay dues. Alabama is a right to work state where workers can free ride while still receiving union representation. The company has set up a website, doitwithoutdues.com, wi- to spread lies like these. The company has busters get union avoidance consultants. $10,000 a day to route the union effort. Voted no, but now I'm undecided, a worker named Sarah Scroggin told me. I kind of regret it. It's all right, because there are other people who cover me. Joe Biden, President, there should be no intimidation, no coercion, no threats, no anti-Union propaganda. No supervisor should confront and about their union preference. Biden is also supporting the Protecting the Right to Organize PRO Act, which passed the House in March. Its fate is in the Senate, and it depends on whether the Democrats get rid of the filibuster. PRO Act would ban many of the union Busting tactics Amazon has employed, including captive audience meetings, which they force you to go to a meeting and listen to anti-union propaganda. Promote favorable conditions for organizing. For instance, if workers get a majority sign, union authorization cards, but lost the election, the union could be certified anyway. Employers' unfair labor practices may have swung Winner outcome. Win or lose. Organizing drive in Alabama has provided inspiration for workers across the country. A thousand more wor- warehouses rise. Up. That's on labor note. Okay, so you're all in for the March Madness College Basketball Tournament. But uh, make sure you celebrate with union products. Okay, this is from Labor 411, Labor 411 website, making it easy to support good jobs about your snacks, Act 2 popcorn, Chips Ahoy, Doritos, Big Newtons, Keebler Cookies, Mission Chips, Gold Gold Pretzels, Ruffles, Sun Chips, tortillas, Soft Drinks, 7-Up, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Gatorade, Sprite. Remember, keep the union, support labor. See if we can get some music on.
15: A good life full of peace and quiet I shall have an old age full of rum and riot I have been a good lad, careful and artistic I shall have an old age, coarse and anarchistic Once I paid my taxes and followed every rule Banker, boss and bureaucrat thought me a willing tool I voted Democratic and paid the church its due. Now all those swine will have to find some other chunk to screw. Rent of lawyers, agents, generals, and clerics, I repent. With this for corporations and scorn for those elected, oh, I will be an old bum, loved but unrespected. <laughs>
6: was Utah Phillips singing stupid song talking about how he lived his life and always voted Democratic and did all the right things. Now the banks are going to have to find someone else screwed. to hear it. Um, uh, All right. I'm having a little technical trouble here with uh, the uh, Wi-Fi connection, but uh, I'm making it happen. Yeah, it is anyway, um, so I uh, wanted to ask you guys, wanted to ask you guys today about your read on Voter suppression, which, uh, you know, seems to be part of the American tradition in one way or another. Uh, There are always people who don't want certain other people to vote. So what's your take on that, you guys?
16: you don't blow the can on on what tactics these people are using you have social media to enrage a whole you know what i mean mm-hmm. to get everybody on their toes everybody on their feet be like no 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 this isn't gonna happen and the people you have doing the voter suppression are a little less savvy than everybody else you know they don't they don't sort of know that like yeah when it comes to social media when it comes to society like you know they've been in the game for too long they haven't had their eyes open so they don't know that they they're losing they're losing power and so when they use sloppy tactics to do to do criminal things like water suppression they're probably not the best criminals to do it anymore and so i think the people will catch up i think the people won't cut them any slack and I think that they're just shooting themselves in the foot. If they want, if what they want is to make America more of KKK state, then they're shooting themselves in the foot.
6: Yeah, and I I read an article that um, kind of agrees with what you just said, and it used the example of Virginia, which for a very long time was always a solid red state, dominated by white supremacists, and now because of organizing over the last ten years, it's voted blue the last several elections and it's wow. state uh it's state legislature is controlled by Democrats. So this writer was saying the same thing's gonna happen in Georgia.
12: Yeah. Yeah no I mean I personally like you know you and Yemen already said it's it's like the American dream is always like oh everybody can have you know rights, everybody has a chance but that's not the American dream. Like it's sold to by, like, the few that already are living the American dream to everybody else so they could prop them up. And I feel like it's just another iteration of that truth, that, like, you know, America says we're democracy and we need to show everybody else in the world how to do democracy, (laughs) apparently. But we can't even do it here. And I think that, I don't know. I mean, you know, I went to Sojourn and we learned a lot about, like, voter suppression yeah. And how young people, you know, really were just so inspirational and brave and amazing. And they tried to change it in the South and Mississippi. So I think that, you know, like, I think now young people are the same. Like, we don't, you know, young people don't like injustice.
6: I think that's the point. I mean, the guy who was in charge of the of watching the election was a Republican, and he said there was no, there was no fraud at all. Yeah. And that's yeah. Fr- Trump got on the phone with him and read him the riot act.
12: Yeah. And it's like that, kind of, like, that's how, it's the same feeling, you know, the same violence, the same whatever, and I read about the, like, the law they're trying to pass that, you know, they want to close polling places around 5, they want to shut down polling places and neighborhoods of people of color so that there's longer lines, and then these lines are so long that, you know, people are trying to give them food or water, and they're making that illegal. Uh, (laughs) I know. They don't even feel
6: like they have a part of the American experience or dream. They don't own any of it. So right. It's, like you know, it's so not for them. Um, yeah. In the, in Georgia, one of the things that they targeted was that on on Sundays, on you know, when people would get together at church and sit through the service and worship and everything, and then they would have cars taking them to their voting places. Souls to the polls, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, white, of course, a white uh, Georgia legislator got up and he said, well, we think it's better for <coughs> people to be in church on Sunday, you know, instead of uh, That's so funny. The wow. other one, the other one I said was, uh, was an African guy who was, I don't know if he was head of state, probably head of state in some African nation, and he said he would send uh, hmm. observers to observe the U.S. elections and make sure they were <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> they were <laughs> fair. Funny. Yeah, right. Because the U.S. sends everybody to every other country to right. make sure they're doing a good job. Right, That's we decided. Yeah, and then they arrested that elected representative in the state capitol. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, that was really – you have a –
16: white KKK men marching in the White House up the stairs towards one black officer who does nothing, (laughs) and you have 20 white racist men in one room and one small black woman banging on the door. And Vita told me, like, Vita says they were so quick to scoop her up. Yeah.
6: You know, like, yeah. All she wanted to do was see the governor sign a bill. Sign. Oh too. yeah. Yeah,
12: he can't be in there signing it with his little butt buddy. Now you
6: know he has, he has six white men, and he just wanted to sign it with all his friends telling him how great he is. Yeah. No, they could all no, kiss no, his no. butt no. and tell him what a great governor he was. Well, okay. I wanna, I wanna thank you guys for calling in. Yes. And um. I don't know. We'll see how the, all this works out. The. Democrats have a bill in uh, in Congress, a voting rights bill. We'll see how it, that fares. Looks right. like th- they're not going to be able to do much unless they get rid of the uh, the uh, filibuster. But anyway. Uh, I heard that's what Mitch was harping on about. Too. Yeah, Mitch McConnell loves the filibuster because it means he can stop yeah. anything that he wants. Exactly. i agree with you i absolutely agree
16: yeah like if they don't do that then they're the culprits that's that's my opinion if you're in office and you don't change it and you don't apply think tanks to to look 100 years in the future 20 years in the future and be like how are the republicans going to try and get us this time and let's set it up now you have everything now if they don't do it then the democrats are one are are in the same bed
6: this is their chance right this is their big chance well biden
4: Like
6: mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, gotta be careful. Same shit, package. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Okay, guys. The, sorry, one more question. That yeah. It, uh, Bill. Bill.
12: Did you hear? <laughs> um. Did you hear anything about the
6: Amazon Union thing? Did they end up voting? I had a uh, uh, feature on that today. The votes—they're going to be voting through March 29th, which I think oh. is Monday. And then it'll take them a couple weeks to count the votes. So by the middle of April, it'll be decided. Okay. Great. Thank you for that. Okay. I'll talk to you later tonight. Thank you, Vita, and thank you, Yemen. Have a good day. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Okay. So that was our uh, campus correspondents calling us from UC Davis with a student's point of view on uh, important labor-based issues. Of course, the issues are labor-based. This is all about power for working people. Of course, it's Black Lives Matter-based. 85% of the workers in Bessemer are black. Of course, it's a racial labor issue. Anyway, I'd like to play some music, but I'm having trouble here about some buffy
17: I got 12 years down and i still owe 9 Pop's getting old, so now I'm doing double time. Prison life got changed, so my tears, yet I still cry. Concerned convicts look at me and they all sympathize. I'm trying to conceal and contain when I'm feeling inside. Recognize the consequences of how I'm living my life. Man, what I wouldn't give just to be by his side. Because we only live once and there ain't no next time. I promise not to do tomorrow. What I could do now from this point on in my life. That's how I'm getting down, realizing now's the time and place to make some changes. No more tears of hate, anger, fear, and frustration. or walking with more issues than a mental patient. Like sitting with my pops waiting for our Lord to take them. I give them to God and ask him for the strength to face them. Because without faith, there ain't nothing else that could replace them. Hey, Earl, what's up with you? That's the thought in my mind when I look in the mirror one day. One day. I'll be there with you instead of sitting alone in the cell holding on to your picture. Hey Earl, hey Earl what's up with you? That's the thought in my mind when I look in the mirror. One day, One day, I'll be there with you instead of sitting alone in the cell holding on to your picture. Imagine looking at the world through God's eyes. Discover the hidden meanness behind which you once loved and despised. What I want for myself, is that what y'all want for me? There's so many trapped in confusion. Living a life.
6: Okay, this is the b signing off. Stay tuned for flat, black plastic coming right up after our breaker. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember, if you don't have a seat at the bargaining table where you work, you're on the web, you're on (coughs) the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor it's only a waste of time okay it's still a beautiful world take five and go out and appreciate it
3: LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio. FM has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat.
4: <laughs>
2: As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots we wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands my name is wonia Thibault of buckskin revolution and alone season six and i started buckskin revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs
1: At Twentieth and Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at two o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio.
5: Saint Valentine's Day mascara streaming live on Facebook Sunday, February Fourteenth, eleven a.m. An international affair hosted by Ms. Noir.
2: Pray for carnal comfort? Are you longing for some lecherous lines? Is it seduction from a sultry song that set you sick of? Or would you rather be ravished
4: by a woman and drive? Care to venture a little voyeuristic versification with this lyrical libertine?
2: Spending the last minute reading with me. Final Agorha Adultery. Why not slake your literary?
12: one-on-one. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara, 14th of February 2021, 11 a.m. PST, Facebook Live. A date for everyone, hosted by Ms. Noir.
0: The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England. Fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets, it will continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile and the Philippines vote for my opponent who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea if you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond then take a chance on the Chancellor
1: talk to under at skinonskins.com. At 20th and Mission, check them out at skinonskins.com.
2: L-S-D, Fap, Acid and Fapping, Fapping and Acid, Acid and Fapping, Fapping and Acid, fap fap, 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 Acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping.
4: What is flat?